Hey, welcome back for another episode of the podcast. And today I am beachside, thank goodness. So if you watch this video on YouTube, you will see that I am effectively in a beautiful community on the beach. Uh, I've been here for a week. I have to go home tomorrow. Whimper, whimper, right? Um, but I wanted to make sure I got an episode out to you and I've had a lot of time to think at the beach, thankfully. So I have a powerful message today for you on your nervous system, the state that it is likely stuck in during your regular life and how you can create time and space for getting into the opposite state to help your brain heal and to keep you out of the screen and that discussion, we will think about healthy sexuality. What is that supposed to be? What is the point of healthy sex and how can you achieve it in your life? So we are gonna dig into sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system and the spirituality of the physicality of sexuality. So let's go. Okay. So what are we talking about? What am I, what am I talking about when I say the state that your nervous system is stuck in on a regular basis? So we live in a society, we've created it ourselves. I'm not sure why, but we have. We've created a society where we are overrushed we're overburdened, we are overfinanced, and we are in a constant state of some dominance. Now, sympathetic nervous system is one branch of our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system, the kind of automatic component that helps our bodies and our brains and our mind to be able to do the things that they need to do to be able to stay safe and secure and healthy for the most part, if it's being used well. So sympathetic dominance is the state that your brain's in for fight or flight. So if a tiger was chasing you, your brain would crank it up into extra fast speed. You would be able to run away from that tiger, hopefully escaping imminent death. And then when that tiger went away, your nervous system would be able to come down. Now what's happened to us in our current society and the way we've set our lives up is that we are in a constant state of mini fight or flight. Now there's no longer a tiger chasing you, but what's happening is that you're late for a meeting or you just simply don't even have time to eat breakfast. You hit the ground running every day and every single day is filled with rush, 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 go, 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 too many things to do, too many responsibilities that it creates anxiety or just constant thinking mode, which leads to overwhelm. And at the beach this week, you know, I try so hard, I really do, but I've let my formula go and I'm in the midst of getting my formula back. So I am back to a healthy state. And when I say that I've let my formula go, what I mean is I'm entirely too busy. Uh, a long time ago, I made a rule for myself that I'll sit to eat because I would end up just woofing stuff down on the go or just not eating at all. And a lot of times I still do that because I'm too busy taking care of all the things I think I need to take care of that I don't even eat meals. And then at the end of the night, I'll eat. And that's actually terrible for health and wellness because your body goes into starvation mode and it packs fat on even though you haven't eaten all day. So it altogether is a bad formula. The better formula 
is making sure you take time to eat and to rest, cut out those breaks throughout the day. But you can't do that if you're in sympathetic dominance. So let me stay with sympathetic dominance for a minute. What I mean by that is that you are stuck in this go, go, go mode. And because you are, it becomes very difficult to even take breaks where you let your brain come down. And sometimes a vacation is the thing that's necessary because your brain doesn't even come down and relax into it for like three days. And I've been here for almost a week and I finally feel like I've relaxed a little and I'm I'm ready to stay for another week. And of course it's time to pack it up and to go home back to my regular life, but not without the lessons of the week. And the lessons of the week are to take time out to get into parasympathetic state. The parasympathetic nervous system is the one of rest and digest. So by comparison or contrasting it, sympathetic dominance is fight or flight. Go, 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 do, 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 get things done, hypervigilance, vigilance, looking for things to be done, taking care of business, right? It's using your mind, it's using your body as a tool, but too much and not allowing your brain or your body or your mind to get the recovery that it needs to come down. It's go, go, go mode, sympathetic dominance. Parasympathetic is rest and digest, and it's literally as easy as that. Taking time out to one, chill, and two, eat and digest rest and digest. So I swore I'd take naps every day here at the beach. I tried to take one today. Then some weird phone started ringing in the in the elevator. I'm in the most beautiful home that my dear friend um, has invited me to and it has an elevator and the phone is ringing off the hook. So of course I'm trying to figure out where there's a landline, found it, and who's calling it. I'm sure it was a wrong number. It rang a bunch of times. But I was trying to take a rest, and like I said, you know, I'm like, man, I should have taken more naps here at the beach. I need to chill more, and I realize how much my formula is off, and I've had such a great time, and I have rested. I haven't napped, though. Uh, so parasympathetic is rest and digest. Another really cool thing we've done here at the beach is my dear friends, they're really good at this, that when we are together, we all make dinner together and then we all sit down and we relax and we chill and we eat together as a big group, as a neo family, a new family. And if you're in my 90 day program, I talk about creating a neo family for yourself so you can just feel at home and put all the people into place that make you feel validated and comfortable and you can just be yourself with these people. That's what my friends are. So we're here with my friends and their kids and my kids, and we're all sitting around the tables in this beautiful home and we share gratitudes, what we're grateful for. And of course it boils down to time together in this beautiful home, uh, crashing in the waves in the beach, being able to make beautiful meals together. I tried to make cookies. I accidentally charred them to a crisp. I put the rack too high in a convection oven. I'm a really good baker. Doesn't happen to me often, but yes, I filled the house with smoke and the kids had a blast helping me douse the fire outside. 
but we that was one favorite moment for what some of the kids. Another favorite moment was they tried to take <laughs> the men tried to take kayaks off of somebody else's dock and they got in trouble and the kids kept saying that they thought that the person said it was a lawsuit. What the person said was it's a liability, which it is. So that was another fun one, getting in trouble by some other homeowner, right? It comes down to the best things, totally charred cookies that were raw on the inside and getting in trouble by the neighbors. But that is good time Neo family fun. Rest and digest. And you can't have that fun and enjoy those moments if you have a grind set. So Here's what I want to challenge you to get out your leather or your pleather journal and think about this today. Do you have a grind set? Are you overly busy? Are you go, go, going and then crashing into the screen to recover? And then when you come out of the screen, are you hitting it to it again by go, go, going? Because if so, you're in sympathetic dominance and you're using pornography or the screen to very quickly Take you out of sympathetic dominance for a time so you can get right back to it. And that creates a very unhealthy brain pattern for you, which can create just a massive downward spiral. And so clearly the solution is getting into parasympathetic state of rest and digest creating it in your regular life. And that's why I said, I'm kind of bummed with myself, but I'm working on it, but I'm bummed a little bit, but you know how I feel about guilt and shame. I try to stay out of it and I try to go bummer that I've let this happen, but let's get back to what I know is good and healthy for me. But I'm kind of bummed that I had just the most amazing schedule going that allowed me to really crank out my best work and then recover through rest and digest. And I let that get away from me. So I'm back in a habit of not eating and just rushing all day. I'm back in a habit of reminding myself that I need to sit to eat. I'm back in a habit of just drinking smoothies on the run. Uh, I've been making smoothies in the morning, which of course is good, but it, I really should have a lunchtime where I relax and a dinner time where I spend time with my peeps. And just spending time with my peeps here has reminded me that I need to create that again in my life. And the thing I was going to say is a bummer is that I would always talk about my life as a staycation. And there's a funny story because I'm on vacation right now. One time we, somebody else, a beautiful person in my life, let us stay in their timeshare, their condo uh, a long time ago. And it was one of those places where, you know, if you went to the sales pitch, you got tickets for something, which we would typically not do, but my husband really wanted to go to this sales pitch. I don't think he wanted the tickets. I think more he wanted to see how they sold people because we're always interested in business and things like that. And I think they were giving tickets to somewhere that he wanted to go. So anyways, we go to this sales pitch and we're sitting in this, you know, there's a young guy trying to sell us some timeshare. There's literally no way that I'm buying. Uh, my five beautiful children are in the free childcare. That's back when they were young and being tortured, by the way. And, you know, just shortly into this, I'm like, sorry, dude, I will not be buying any of this and I need to go. But before that, the guy said, where do you like to go for vacation? And, you know, what can I do basically to get you into this thing today? And I said, 
there's really not much you can do to get me into this because I've tried and I've succeeded at setting up my life as a staycation. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I have a beautiful home I love to be in. I have people I love to be with. I have a beautiful pool in our neighborhood uh, down in North Carolina. All the neighborhoods have pool pools and they have pool houses. And we go to our neighborhood pool and we hang out with all of our friends. Um, we have a lot of, you know, seeming luxuries. It's not like they're super expensive, but they're ways that my life feels like a vacation for the most part when I'm not working all the time, which is the bummer part. Uh, but so the guy's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, my, like the resort you're trying to sell me, I've got that going in my life. And it's an amazing thing. And I've worked hard to create it. And I've gone out of my way to intentionally set this up in my life. I do fun things all the time. I hang out with the people that I love all the time. I eat good food when I want to eat good food. I rest when I want to rest, just like I would on a vacation. And he's like, oh, so we were only in this sales pitch for a little while, but this is what I want you to think about. You can create a staycation at any price point and you can create it as an intention and set the intention for it. And it may show up as a manifestation that comes to you if you allow it instead of trying so hard, just like this beautiful home that I'm in. Uh, I set the intention the other day last week. I'm like, I have to get out of town. I have to go to the beach. And no joke, I get a text from my friend that night that says, hey, friends, how about an impromptu week at the beach? And I'm like, definitely. I just got to check with the old man. And I was coming anyways. I was just seeing if the hubs was coming with me. And of course he did for a time, but set the intention. And my kids and I joke that we, they, they taught me this a little while ago that we, they call it balling on a budget. We ball on a budget. So you can ball on a budget at any budget. If you have lots of money, you can create whatever you want in your world. Even if you don't have all the money in the world, Back when I first got together with my husband, I had the world's tiniest apartment and my stepson lived with us. It literally was a two bedroom apartment, but it wasn't even big enough. And my stepson had one bedroom and we'd kind of fill it with friends on the nights that he wasn't with us. And it was small, but we all have the best memories from that tiny little apartment because we filled it with love. We had dinner parties on Sunday that would start at 9 a.m. People would come over. That's a true story. Every Sunday we hosted it, people would come over. They'd lounge around all day long. We'd play games. We'd chill out. It was so much fun. So I've done it at all different price points. It can be done. You can do it no matter what level you're at. You can create a staycation for yourself and get balling on a budget, but the point is, do it so that you have time to rest and digest because that's the important thing. If you're stuck in sympathetic dominance, it will push you into the screen. And we know simultaneously, porn is pulling you into the screen. So you're going to set up your defensive program to stay out of the screen while you set up a staycation in a life that you love with a Neo family that treats you well and appreciates you for everything you have to offer, good stuff and the crazy stuff, right? And when you do that, you're not going to feel the need to go into porn. You're not going to feel a push into porn to chill your brain out to make it come out of sympathetic dominance. Because if you're giving your brain 
sympathetic, but at lower levels. It's not even sympathetic, but if you're in flow state, let's say that, because that's a better way. Flow state is using beta, which is that good healthy thinking mode, not that extra fast speed, but fast speed. If you're in flow state, you're creating in work and in relationships and in hobbies that you love. Flow states at that proper brain speed. If you are in high beta in sympathetic dominance, that's survival mode. You can't be in thrive mode when you're in survival mode. So coming to the beach has reminded me, eh, Trish, you're stuck a little bit too much in survival mode, a little bit too much, go, 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 get things done, keep all the balls in the air. And being here at the beach, I've been in thrive mode. I've gone for beach walks and I've come up with, actually they've come to me, not that I've come up with them, they've come to me having some really great ideas for some featured workshops coming up, uh, some good ideas on how to streamline things so that I can serve you, but also take care of myself in my business, some great ideas for the nonprofit, just by taking beach walks, opening up that space and that time for ideas to come to me. When you're in survival mode, it's difficult to be in creativity mode. They're the opposite. You really can't even do it. So getting out of survival mode is what gets you into thrive mode, which allows for your creativity. And guess what else it allows for? Your happiness. Okay. So now let's segue. Hopefully you're with me and we're going to wrap this part up. Sympathetic dominance is fight or flight. Mini fight or flight. Rushing in traffic, getting to meetings, getting projects done that are late, uh, meeting after meeting, having to set timers. My daughter keeps asking me what time it is at the beach. I'm like, what do you care? We don't have anything to do. Stop asking what time it is. Time is a construct that I am not following right now. Stop asking me what time it is. So if you're if you're stuck in psychological time, that alone creates mini fight or flight. Always needing to know what time it is to get to the next thing, even if it's things that are seemingly fun like dinner or, you know, social occasions. When you just let all that go and you come down, you can get into parasympathetic rest and digest. When you can Go for a super long beach walk and not need to know what time it is and not need to be back for anything. Your system comes down. It's able to get into thrive mode and creativity mode and most importantly, recover so that your brain can be healthy, and that your mind and body can follow suit. Okay, now let's transition into the thought about healthy physical sexuality and sexual desire, and how does that play into sympathetic dominance, survival mode, and parasympathetic rest and digest recovery mode? Okay, so this is totally true. I have no idea what I was thinking, but I packed an entire backpack of books, books I've already read, but books to bring with me. There are seven of them. I've read none of them. Yep, none. But I, they've all been out on the coffee, the respective coffee tables, the inside coffee tables and the back porch coffee table. So this fine, beautiful morning at the beach, I picked up The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it's an amazing book. I highly suggest you read it. I've talked about it before on this podcast, but I only read a small little section that I had a bookmark in, which clearly was where my mind was last time I picked it up and where my mind is today because it's the part on relationships. 
and the part more specifically on what the point of sexuality and sexually being with somebody else. I'm going to read it for you. I'm going to read a, a small passage and then I'm going to talk about it. So let me move my notes here for a second and I'm just going to read this small passage. If you have the book, it's on page 125. Um, it's actually talking on this page about addiction and the search for wholeness. Um, what it says earlier is that if you are stuck in any type of addiction, is that you're offsetting pain. And I had the thought that the more pain you have, the more pleasure you will seek. So we know that there's a pain-pleasure paradox. I've talked about it before. It's proven by neuroscience that pain and pleasure are processed in the same areas of the brain. And so if you feel pain, you'll be pushed into the screen to try to find equal and opposite pleasure to offset that pain. So the more frequent, consistent, and intense of pornography that you're consuming, you're running from pain in there. And the interesting and crazy thing about this is that you might not even know it because it's at an unconscious level. And this book, um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, is amazing at highlighting the unconscious level of pain and the mind and all of that. So let me read you this section. On the physical level, you are obviously not whole, nor will you ever be. You are either man or woman, which is to say one half of the whole. On this level, the longing for wholeness, the return to oneness, manifests as male-female attraction. Man's need for a woman, woman's need for a man. It is an almost irresistible urge for union with the opposite energy polarity. The root of the physical urge is a spiritual one, the longing for the end to the duality, a return to the state of wholeness. Sexual union is the closest you can get to this state on the physical level. This is why it is the most deeply satisfying experience the physical realm can offer. But sexual union is no more than a fleeting glimpse of wholeness, an instant of bliss. As long as it is unconsciously sought as a means of salvation, you are seeking the end of duality on the level of form where it cannot be found. You are given a tantalizing glimpse of heaven, but you are not allowed to dwell there and find yourself again in a separate body. And it continues on, and it covers homosexuality. So it's, this is totally not, um, you know, kind of uh, just a proponent of a man-woman thing, but what it is explaining is that there's masculine energy and there's feminine energy. And I was thinking on a beach walk, yep, still at the beach. Uh, I was thinking about how interesting that is, is that, you know, we seek union with another person to have them offset the energy that we are lacking or that we have less of. And I was thinking about the hubs and I, my husband and I, um, cause I wasn't thinking about this at a, you know, share with the world level. I was thinking about it as a personal level, thinking about how it is interesting. Cause I actually have a lot more masculine energy than most women do. And we were talking about this on the back porch the other night that, uh, I think I told you this before, but when I met the hubs, he, we we're in tops, the grocery store. And I used to own a restaurant. I'm over there like picking something up and he's with me and we just met and he's like, it's really cool being with you because you're practically a man. And I'm like, uh, thanks. I think, and I'm 28. I was, uh, that's back then I was 28. I was a spring chicken and I was 
filled with twice as much energy as I have now. And I ran a restaurant and then then I'd party all night, honestly, and I'd get back up and I'd run the restaurant again. And I already had, you know, multiple um, college degrees at that point. But then I went back to school and got my, my two doctoral uh, degrees. Okay, so, but I do have more masculine energy. So then I'm thinking about my husband and I'm like, okay, so there's this masculine and feminine polarity but I have more masculinity, not that my husband has more femininity, but the qualities that we bring out in each other really do balance each other out, which is what makes us a good match for each other. And of course, we're always trying to be better partners for each other. So when we pull our junk, we try to gently not call each other out, but gently guide one another into a better place when we are kind of doing our, our thing. But my husband, I was talking about him in group coaching this past week with the people in my 90-day group coaching, and I was talking about some of the really sweet things that my husband has done for me, and I'm like, I'm making him sound like a marshmallow, even though most people are terrified of him because he's an eight. He's a personality type eight. He's totally direct. He can hardcore stare you in the eyes until you feel like you're going to die. That's him. You know that type? Where I'm all much more friendly and you know, he'll just, he, he nails you with the hard truth and he waits for your response with dead silence, which is not my mojo at all. But, you know, when it comes to his friends, he would do anything for anybody for, with our best friends. And of course with me, he's learned to become very vulnerable. So he's this hard, you know, manly, like rough around the edges kind of guy, but then he's taught himself to be more vulnerable with my guidance and he's allowing himself to feel that more feminine energy. He's an amazing dad where he used to be kind of the dad who yelled at the kids. He still keeps them in check for sure, but more of like a drill sergeant kind of dad where, you know, making sure everybody's teeth are brushed, making sure all everybody's rooms are clean, making sure all that stuff's done. But now he, you know, he's there for with big hugs and with big laughs and silly, and he's allowed himself to be this soft side that has come out. And that took him time because he had to let that kind of that hard crust on, on him, uh, you know, shrink away a little and allow himself to shine through and being more vulnerable. Honestly, I'm kind of like that too, where I have to let that shed because I do have more masculine energy. I love to work. I love to grind. I have to slow myself down and allow myself to be with people and to open myself up. And I've taught myself to do that. And, you know, we've kind of, I've taught myself to really allow myself to open up with him, which has allowed him also, and we can really balance each other's energy out, allowing ourselves to tap into that softer feminine energy within each of us and that masculine energy and to teach our kids to be able to do both of those things. So it's really cool to see our boys be able to be really kind of kind and gentle, but then also do what they need to do to take care of business in their life. And the same thing with our girls, teaching them to balance that feminine and masculine energy. So getting back to sex, what does sex have to do with that? Is that if you're really tapped into your masculine energy and you're stuck in, stuck in this sympathetic dominant state of hypervigilance, fight or flight brain that is hardcore anchored into masculinity, 
What that means is you're looking for intimacy and you're trying to connect to the feminine energy in a really toxic toxic way through pornography. We know when people go into a porn habit that they're doing it to try to find intimacy without actually having to be intimate. Being intimate is the feminine energy. It's allowing yourself to connect with another person at a spiritual level, not just at a physical pleasure-seeking level. Think about that. Get the journal out. When it comes to your sex, sexual relationship, can you break down those bars and those chains that keep you chained to just pleasure and to, you know, not letting that vulnerable, intimate side of you be seen? That's the part that should be showing up in sexuality. So when it comes to healthy sex, it has to change from what you have going on. If you're watching porn, that's not healthy sex. This is the public service announcement. Get ready for it. PSA, porn is not sex. You're watching a performance. You are not having a physical, intimate, spiritual experience where you are connecting your energy to another person's energy. You are not doing that at all. When you watch porn and you masturbate, you basically are linking your brain through dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. You're linking your brain to the screen and to yourself physically. So that's not intimacy at all. That's the opposite. That's avoiding intimacy. That's just taking care of sex all by yourself with a screen and a performance. The opposite of that is allowing yourself to feel that connection at a spiritual level, allowing the intimacy in, allowing the happiness and the connection, the serotonin and the oxytocin to balance the dopamine, no longer looking for those high levels of dopamine that give your brain all that pleasure to offset the pain that's in there. Instead, you're going for more for the serotonin and the oxytocin and lower levels of dopamine. And that creates that spiritual connected experience that truthfully you're looking for. That's what people, all people are looking for. We convince ourselves when we're stuck in parasympathetic, parasympathetic state and when we're very ego-driven, we convince ourselves that we don't need that. And this book is so awesome, Power Now. I recommend you get it. It's obviously, it's a classic, but you know, in there it says, you don't have to run from relationships because I know my mind's gone there lots of times where I'm like, dang, this is hard. I'm out. I can just do this by myself. I can do life by myself. I totally got this. Take care of everything anyways. But the book says you don't have to do that. You can see your relationship as your greatest learning tool to teach you to tap into that unconscious state and to make it conscious so that you can level yourself up and enter into this transformational journey to become the best version of yourself by getting on purpose and creating more rest and digest sympathetic, parasympathetic, excuse me, experiences in your life. Rest and digest where you go have some fun and you enjoy it and you let yourself be in it and just revel in it. Okay, I hope this helps you out. So get out of parasympathetic dominance, get into sympathetic, rest and digest. The formula is every hour and 15 minutes, create 15 minutes for rest and digest. Do it, you will thank me later for it. Then think about your sexual relationship with your partner if you have one and think about how it really can be a 
purposeful, intentional experience of sharing energy, electrical energy in your body, but energy and balancing out by becoming more vulnerable and intimate instead of running into the screen to avoid that intimacy, to try to get as much pleasure as possible to offset the pain. Uh, okay, I'm off for one last beach walk in this amazing space that I'm in. If you check out the video on YouTube, I'm on the sound side where there's a marsh or reeds, there's egrets back there. It's absolutely beautiful, but the beach is on the other side of the house. And uh, my precious daughter and I are going out for one more beautiful beach walk before we wrap it up and I go back to my staycation life and I create lots of rest and digest to keep myself in flow state, keep my brain in the best place that I can. Okay. Until next time, I'll see you then.